0: that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for 2 hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial. Or any of its advisors, as long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and/or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Last last show when we worked together, which you know, I think we I think we gelled pretty well last week, Mike. After not uh, working together for a while, Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. And so we were kind of, you know, we rolled over the calendar, and we were sort of, you know, summarizing, you know, some financial, you know, do's and don'ts, you know, things that, you know, maybe people did last year successfully, maybe things they, you know, wish they should, you know, wish they would have done and or meant to do, and so we were trying to, you know, help people get on track for, for 2022 and beyond. So last, you know, last time we kind of did, we went over some you know, some highlights, um, you know, we started with, you know, things that, you know, some people kind of know what they should be doing and they have a fairly good handle on that. And so we kind of went over those things, you know, at a higher level for, you know, for them, uh, just as kind of little check marks and, and reminders. Um, and then we thought maybe this show, we could kind of, you know, get a little deeper into those topics for, uh, for people that maybe need a little bit more help. Um, and, so I don't know, Mike, if you had something you wanted to start with. I think maybe, well, on your list, I think you had mortgages, but I don't know if that's where you wanted to start today or if you had something else in mind.
2: Uh, well, what I what I thought we'd do, first of all, folks, uh, this is a great time of the year, uh, December of one year and January of the next to uh, look back you know, on, on everything, but we're touching on the financial aspects of your life here, obviously, uh, but to look back. Uh, look forward uh, figure out what you did wrong could do better which you might want to do for a change in the new year and uh, it's you know when we talk about financial stuff there's a long list of things that can be included in that uh, and you know during this show we'll mention this a couple of times uh, we have a Short version of a year-end checklist uh, that we'd we'll be happy to send you if you request it by email, uh, and we have a longer, more detailed version of the same. Uh, and uh, I believe it's just questions at McNamara on Money. Just say, "Hey, can I get the year-end checklist short version or the long version or whatever rings your bell?" And we'll kind of mention that a few times during the show. But uh, you know, th- w- this is in writing, and uh, you know, w- we're doing. A on the radio, just to kind of get your interest. But if you want to get serious, uh, you, you can you can do that. So anyway, uh, in, in the last show. We covered everything up till investments, Kirk. That's the way I figured it from the last show, and that's kind of where we'll start. But okay. folks, uh, if you want to listen to the last show on our podcast, you have the ability to do that. Uh, and but basically, we we covered topics like social security. Uh, we we covered topics like pensions, uh, and then we talked about bank statements and emergency reserves. We talked about the the good and the bad and the ugly about charge cards, Uh, we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly, about uh, mortgages and home equity loans and home equity lines and car loans. Uh, So we kind of focused on uh, cash flow issues, debt issues, and some basic, you know, kind of common sense things. Uh, And it took us two hours to do that. So what we have to go, and I think... I think we'll be okay, Kirk. But you never know. Um, basically, what we have to go are investments, payroll statements, home insurance, auto insurance, insurance on in life insurance type things, and uh, some legal stuff. So I don't know. We might need another show after this, Kirk. I'm Probably not sure how this is going to go. But that's okay. We're, we're not in a hurry. We try to speak English here on McNamara on Money. We try to keep it simple, uh, and we try to give it just enough information to either be a little happy with yourself or be a little nervous and get to work on it, I guess, would be the, the best way to say that. Okay. So, um, well, I know, okay. yeah,
1: I know, I know with your, uh, with your education background, I don't think you'd be happy if you didn't at least hand out a little bit of homework.
2: Well, you know that's true. Okay, uh, but you know, folks, we uh, we live in a very complicated world, and 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 the the word finance can encompass many many different areas. And whether you like it or not, uh, just about everybody listening to us is involved in like all of the areas, uh, or should be involved in all of the areas we're talking about, and you should be paying attention to it. So, the good news is it's a free country. The uh, the bad news is you have to take care of yourself and work on it all the time and that's okay too sort of a thing so
1: well yeah and i think and this is kind of you know getting you know segueing into what what we're going to start with here i think with the investments in that you know it used to be right that a lot of folks were covered, you know, with pensions, right, from their companies. And, and that kind of used to be the way it was, or it was, it was more common. And then, you know, at some point in time that started to transition to people having to, you know, prepare on their own and, and save on their own. And so that, that is, has been a shift that's been uh, occurring over the years. And it's, you know, it looks certainly looks like that trend is continuing. And so, you know, um, it's, you know, it's becoming more important for people to take, you know, t- you know, take this on on their own and, and be be responsible for themselves. And, um, and to be honest, a lot of people aren't prepared for it. And because, you know, that's not something that's typically taught, you know, when you're, when you're in school, you know, in your, you know, in your elementary and your in your high school. And I know here in Marshfield, we, you know, they've started to do that um, for the high school uh, seniors um, to try to teach them some things about that, which I think is terrific. But, I think a lot of people just it's not it's not something that's commonly taught and and, and you know where do you get that information and so I guess that's some uh, you know maybe a void that we're trying to, to help fill here periodically
2: yeah I think that's a good way to say it you know the the price of freedom is responsibility I like to say and folks if you don't take care of yourself who is that's so, no, from my point of view so yep you, you need to focus on this stuff and again uh, we're, we're just trying to get you to start thinking about these things and hopefully you're doing fine but there's probably a few areas you could kind of buff up and get better on and that's that's our whole idea here by the way, uh, on the pension Kirk that's interesting uh, I just found out uh, the other day, that even so that most of the defined benefit pensions are from the uh, I think of the 500 companies of the, the biggest companies in America the S&P 500 I think I read about a year ago that only 15 of those companies have pensions hmm. which is like like staggering okay but the other you know thing that uh, that I'm starting to see now is that well Pensions uh, at, at the state or at the town level for teachers and firemen and, and things like that, okay, uh, th- some of those things, there, there's some cracks starting to happen in some of those things. I was talking to a fellow from the post office the other day, and all new post office employees aren't in the pension plan. They're on Social Security. Yeah, that's okay, so Yeah. That's, think about that, and, and I, I believe that there are some states where teachers same kind of a thing. So, so the, those defined benefit pension plans, I think they're starting to nibble away at uh, going away in the public sector or the government sector. All that means is that uh, you have to take care of yourself, folks, and
1: do the best. That's that's my conclusion, I guess. And uh, and I, I'm just I, I guess I'm. <laughs> Sort of. This is not a, uh, a fact. This is more just speculation. I was just kind of curious if you knew if this was if there was some fact to this. But is part of the reason that that pensions are kind of going away is because because people are living longer and and that makes it more expensive. You know, for these for these companies to to, to pay out the pensions or is that or might just make it a guess there.
2: Uh, I I would think that that's a very good guess. That's a part of it. But I think the 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 big part of it is that. The companies uh that sponsor these pensions, well, they have to have enough money in the pension plan to be able to cover their employees. And, you know, I, I think there was not very good compliance about making sure that they have to put enough money in that pot every year to be okay. Okay. And I think the result is Something called unfunded pension plans, where they're not fully funded. So, so the, the 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 problem is that businesses, and by the way, governments as well. And I'm I'm not sure if they're non-businesses. Uh, either they weren't putting enough money in every year to cover their responsibilities, and or maybe they were assuming very high rates of return on their um, plans, so they didn't have to put. Very much money in there, you know. Mm-hmm. If you if you run a business and you assume you're going to earn ten percent on your money, not guaranteed, and that's a big number, folks. Well, you'd only have to put in so much of year to do that. But if you would assume assume maybe a more realistic five percent, you'd probably have to put in twice as much. So, so there's, there's a variety of factors, uh, age being one, and probably the other big one is putting enough money in there to make that work and making correct investment assumptions. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, all of it got pretty messy and it's going away. It's it's a short story, you know? So, hey, um, that's why we're doing the show. Folks, take care of yourself. All right, so let us begin with investments. And, Kirk, I'm going to kind of hop back and forth between both of the, the, the lists here, the short one and the long one. But anyway... So um, I guess the, the first question is, uh, folks, uh, you hopefully have money in retirement plan or retirement plans. Maybe you have some investment money on your own in addition to your emergency reserves. So, so I guess the first question would be, do you know what you need to earn on your money to either get your kids through college or retire and live happily ever after? Okay. How many people do you think can answer that question, Kurt? Probably not many. Probably not many. Okay, so so one of the kinds of thing, thing we'll get to your investment performance and asset allocation here in a moment or two, but like I guess the first question is. Well, folks, um, you have these dollars working for you, okay? Uh, in order for you to be okay in the future, and I'll just focus on retirement, there's gotta be a certain amount of money in that retirement plan. Hopefully you've done some math here. Well, do you know what you have to earn to, to be okay in retirement? And that kind of backs into, well, how much do I have to put in every year? You know, and how's it all gonna work, okay? M- most people don't know that. Uh, And for the rest of this show, we'll be doing a a rather blatant commercial for everybody having a comprehensive written financial plan in place for their life, regardless of how old you are. But I'm sorry. You know, either you set a goal for how much you have to earn and hope it's reasonable. Okay, and you may have to fund your plan at different rates depending on what things do, or you just kind of take what they give you and hope that works. Um, it, where I come from, it's much better to plan and, and make some guesses, and if you have to
1: change those guesses once in a while, that's great. But you got to have a plan. I'm. I'm. Well, I was just going to say I'm. I'm ready here. If If needed, I'm channeling. I'm channeling Alyssa. Yeah, and, and, and I have my uh, my HP uh, calculator ready to go, just in case Alrighty. you want, just in case you want to do some numbers uh, <laughs> and and do any uh, you know some compounding exercises. I yeah. know I know that that's what she would be thinking right now.
2: Yeah, I understand. Okay, uh, so so folks, I mean it, it's pretty simple. You if you had a, have a, a financial plan in place and you're on track to get to a retirement. You know, you've only got so much money you can put in, and there's only so much you can earn. And what you're hoping for for a lifestyle and retirement is, you know, what I call plan A. Do they all add up? Does the math work? And are you on course? That's the big picture. But it starts with do you know what you need to earn? And if you don't, maybe you should. I guess that's the short story. Uh, And then the the, the next question uh, is, is, if you know what you need to earn, is it reasonable? Um, in our practice, you know, because we manage money and we help people craft plans for retirement, we we get to make some guesses about what the money's going to earn in people's retirement plans, right, Kirk? And that's mm-hmm. kind of the that's kind of the that's kind of the scary part from our point of view. Well, what the heck are we going to earn? And and I think um, last time I checked you know we we think that very long term returns on stocks in general uh, the stock market yeah, maybe somewhere between 7 and 9%. Now by the way it certainly hasn't averaged that for the last 10 years but if you go back about 20 it's been about 7 or 8 you know it depends on how you count
1: i guess right, folks. Right and actually so you know on that topic you know Sometimes I, I speak to, you know, real life people and, you know, they might be looking at their, you know, their 401k or 403b uh, statement where it, you know, it shows, you know, investment choices that are available to them. And, you know, they'll, they'll have some history there. You know, you know what have the, the past returns been? And a, a lot of times there's not a lot of history there. Um, you know, maybe some of the funds haven't been around all that long. Um, and you know, so maybe they only go back, you know, five years or, or seven years or, or whatever it may be. And, you know, as you just said, I mean, the the past 10 years have been really, really good for, for the stock market in general. And so if you're only looking back at that period of time, you might be, you know you know you might be overly confident about about the future and i think it's just you know i just want to make people aware that you know the past 10 years have been really good you know, obviously, we're you know we're we're hoping that that continues, but you know, you just have no, to be, no way, yeah, yeah, you have to be prepared that that, that might not be the case.
2: Um, okay. so and, the stock market returns always go back to the mean, and if you're just focusing on the last ten years, we've been way above the mean, but don't get used to it. As a short story,
1: and I think you know, uh, you know the the human, you know, psyche is, you know, you know, everybody, you know, lives in the moment and it's, you know, it's hard to be patient. And I think, I think when people are looking at their money, you know, a year is a long time, right? You know, when yep. you're when you're looking at the money and seeing what it does, and so I think when people look back and say, "Oh, ten years," that's a long time, and and honestly, nope. in the in the financial world, ten years is not that long. Um, nope. which I know True. might be hard to, to to grasp, but but honestly, it's just not the you know the cycles that you know the stocks and the bonds go through. The cycles are just a lot longer um, than than you might think. Yeah.
2: Yep. So, folks, for for whatever it's worth, our guess about uh, long term stock returns are somewhere between seven and nine percent. We think that's reasonable. We can't guarantee it. Uh, we, we you know stay tuned. Uh, and you know if you look back, oh, about a year and a half or two ago, if you look back twenty years, returns on the S and P five hundred were six or seven percent for those twenty years, sort of a thing. But anyway, so stocks. Seven to nine, that's a guess, not guaranteed. Bonds, ooh, maybe two, maybe 3% if you get lucky. Yeah, two, two to four okay. maybe as a range. Yeah, I'm, a, I, 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 I'm having trouble imagining four, but who okay. knows? Yep. Your, guess is, your, your guess is as good as mine, but mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of hard to believe. But anyway, uh, so, you know, folks, if you're thinking that you're going to earn 10 or 12% a year on your money to get to where you want to go, you I, I would Respe- respectfully submit, you just double check and ask a few other people about that. That might be on the rich side, given the circumstances. You know, I'm, again, things that go up, go down and there's a mean there sort of a thing. So anyway, so, <laughs> well, you know, it,
1: yeah, go ahead. So, well, I was just going to make, you know, we and actually we have we only have a couple, about three minutes and then until the break. But, uh, you know, when I, you know, when I came into this business about 15 years ago, there was a there was a third asset class that was commonly uh, talked about? Do you remember what that was? No. What was it? Cash. Yeah. There you go. Right. Right. <laughs> and okay. yeah. It, yeah, And you know, there, we, you know, there used people actually had cash as part of their money market right? saving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it used to actually make you know two percent or three percent, or it was crazy, and <sighs> not not anymore.
2: Anyways, yeah. So so basically, if you only got three minutes, do you know what return you need to earn? hopefully you do and if you do is it reasonable okay those are the places that i would start with what your you know what your investment strategy is going to be they kind of have to line up with what those big time goals are okay um kirk interrupt me i'm going to talk about performance until we get what do you got another minute or two or what's the deal there what do you yeah
1: think? i think we got about two minutes yeah okay all right so
2: so another question is well how uh how are your investments performing? Okay, uh, and that is just such a loaded question because you know. Well, are we talking about last week? Are we talking about you know twenty twenty one? You know, what, what what's the time frame? And by the way, what kind of investments do you have, and how are they performing against similar kinds of investments? So, the, so the whole. Performance issue with regard to investments is just extremely confusing, and and it just it's just kind of uh, hard to get common ground when you start talking about those things. Uh, I, I think I, as you well know, uh, being being with me for fifteen years, uh, we think that people should know how their investments performing, net after fees down to the decimal point for any number of periods of time under the circumstances so that you can know exactly how they're doing. Well, how are you doing the your 401k? Oh, I'm doing real good, my 401k. Well, what does that mean? They were up last week, they are up last month, things like that, okay? So, so the performance issue, uh, you have to look at what you have for investments, okay? And then you have to look at how they're doing Versus similar investments. And you have to have some real hard data. You just can't go on emotion about how those things are going. Uh, and you know, that that's the only way you can go about measuring and making measuring going backwards and then making some good guesses about what happens going forward.
1: And think. I and I think we could even talk more when we come back about about what a proper benchmark might be, because I think, there's, there I, think I think there's some, some confusion about, you know, what what you should really be comparing to. Yep. Um, all right. So we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Kirk Reed, uh, McNamara Financial, joined by Mike McNamara. Uh, we'll be back in uh, just a minute. Market turbulence can cause panic. And you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. All right, we are back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. Good morning. I'm joined by uh, Mike McNamara, senior partner at McNamara Financial. Good morning, Mike. Good morning again. Mike is in lovely Florida today, uh, complaining about mid sixties, uh, and we're in the mid twenties. Um, but that's okay. It's it's very warm in the studio here. I think it's probably in the mid eighties. Uh, so so, we're, so so we're we're overcompensating. Uh, so all right. So we're we're back to uh, year end financial review. Uh, I guess this is actually this is part two, right? Uh, yeah. Year end financial part uh, part two. And I guess if you if you uh, Parlez-vous francais, it's part due. Oui? There you go. Mm-hmm.
2: Folks, uh, we have uh, two year-end checklists that you can request if you like. Uh, one's the short version uh, for people who aren't quite sure about much and one's a little bit longer version for people who might be paying a little bit more attention to their investments. We make no judgments, but anyway, you can request uh, either one of those by simply doing an email questions at McNamara on money.com. Hey, can I get the short list or the long list or both of them? And we'll get it to you via email if that's okay.
1: Um, Mary, Mary Beth is standing
2: by. There you go. Uh, and, uh, I guess, let's see. Can we get a caller? I guess we can,
1: oh, is it okay to give out a
2: phone number here? I can don't know. It? I can't, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure either.
1: I can't tell. We keep changing things. Yeah, well, okay. Um, but let's move along. That would, here, that's, okay. al- that's always my preference, but. Yeah, all right, let's do it then. Why don't you go ahead and do that? <laughs> we can We can overrule. You're, I mean, you're, you're the senior partner, <laughs> no, so you, we can no, do whatever okay. you want. Uh, let's do a
2: 781-837-4900 if you're in the South Shore area today. How's that sound? We'll Sounds good.
1: That. Okay. So, anyway, uh, well, yeah. Before before the break, uh, you know, we were you were starting to talk about um, you know if you're if you're taking a look at your investments and their you know performance, and you know in whatever time frame you're looking. So time frame is very important um, because you know in, in our opinion, you know, short term results are almost meaningless uh you know to be casual um completely random and unpredictable too yeah so i mean you know what happens in a month or two or or six or or even a year i mean it's yeah nobody likes to see their money go down in value but i mean a year is just in the grand scheme of things is not a long period of time um and and you have to be you know, okay with that? Um, yeah,
2: yeah, and yet we live in an instant instantaneous. I want it all, and I want it now world. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to reconcile that with your investment strategy, right?
1: It, it is tough. <laughs> um, and then the other thing you you were getting into was, well, you know, what do, what do you compare your results, you know, to? You know, if if you know, if you're looking at your your own money and you say, well how am I doing versus, you know, uh, you know, him or her or, yeah. or the world or, or the market? Um, you know, there are lots of different, you know, benchmarks that you can use. Uh, you know, my, you know, my comment is, well, you know, what, what's the appropriate one? And, yeah. and it, you know, it, well, it depends, right? Uh, like anything okay. else. Um, and you know, if, if you have all of your money in in stocks say you know if you have all of your money in you know US you know blue chip stocks well then then i would say yeah it's probably appropriate to to you know use the S&P 500 or or the Dow Jones perhaps as your as your benchmark but you know if if you've got your money in you know 50% stocks and 50% bonds you can't use the S&P 500 as your benchmark because you know you don't have all your money in stocks and so you know if you say oh well i only made 5% but the the stock market made 10 well you don't have all your money in the stock market. And so that's not a fair, you know, that's not a fair comparison. And you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't yeah. do that. Um, sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's about yeah. That's about as amped up as I've ever gotten, Mike, on the radio, I think. There,
2: there you go. There you go. Uh, but, you know, folks, uh, your, your investment goal is not to beat the market or not to earn. Uh, X. It, it, you need a certain return to be okay in retirement. And hopefully that return is reasonable, reasonably achievable. And you work on that, okay? Your, your goal is not to beat the S&P 500 or to beat cash. Your, your goal is to earn enough money to be okay, and hopefully what you need, need to earn is a reasonable expectation of where the world is and what you're going to get for the next few years. By the way, well, one one more kind of... So, so basically, what do you need to earn? Is it realistic? And I guess the, the third big picture item before we get into a little detail here is that, well, so... Um, what happens when the markets go down well markets go up long term but not in a straight line there's all kinds of little bumps and bruises on those long term market charts you might look at but the the trick to being able to be a patient, successful investor is to have enough dry powder available so that you don't need to go get money, okay, uh, at the time of a stock market crash. You know, we, we, we would tell folks, you know, if you can have a year or two or maybe even three years of what I would call dry powder or emergency reserves or income set aside if you're retired, if you have enough income so that you can ignore your investments for at least a year or maybe two, well, then you're in a position to not have to panic when markets go up or when markets go down. So if you have enough liquidity, pardon me for getting too technical in our in our uh, world of uh, lexicon here, but the, the, the bottom line is that the best way to deal with a downturn in the market is to be able to wait for it to get over and move on before you need to take any money from it. Um, and and that, that's, that's just simple. We, we, you never know when markets go up, you never know when markets go down, but if you can be okay for six months or a year, or maybe two, if you're retired uh, and not have to draw money from your portfolio, if you have the luxury of being able to wait out the downturns in the markets, which are always temporary, at least up to today, knock, knock, uh, you're in pretty good shape to be a long-term investor. Hard to do for a lot of folks though, right? Sure.
1: Um, And we think that that's, you know, that's the very, you know, the prudent approach and, you know, without knowing the future and, you know, all we can, all we can do is base, you know, some of our, our assumptions and, and, you know, strategies, you know, partly based on the past. And, you know, when we look at, you know, previous, you know, bear markets, you know, you know, which, you know, there have been been many and, you know, they all vary as far as, you know, length of time and, and you know, magnitude of, you know, decrease. But, you know, if we look at the average, uh, what do we say? You know, the average bear market historically has been about 18 months uh, in length. Actually, uh, less than that. But yeah, okay. You're okay. Fine. You're fine. Roughly. Yeah. Okay. And I think on the long side, close to three years. Is that about right? About 36 months plus or minus. And so, you know, so that's what we kind of use as a, as a guide for, you know, (laughs) determining, you know, how much, uh, you know, like you said, cash or, uh, you know, income reserves that, that someone should have is so that they can, they can wait out, you know, a potential bear market and, and hopefully not have to, you know, liquidate any investments when they're, you know, temporarily down. And so, you know, you could say, well, you know, I want, I want to have, you know, the three years so that I can cover, you know, what has, you know, historically been the, you know, the longest, you know, bear market. And if you want to do that, that's great. And, you know, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to stop you. Um, obviously the, you know, the, the downside to doing that is that that's a, you know, could be a significant amount of money that's, you know, not, you know, not working for you, quote unquote. And so that's, again, that's a, there's a, there's a balance there about, well, how much do you want to put, Aside uh, to cover income, um, so you know defense
2: versus offense. Exactly, if you
1: want to talk it's, football. It's, it's exactly. a it's a, it's a balancing act, like anything else yep. in life. Yeah, um, yep. You yep. know, so we kind of you know our our general rule of thumb is is two years. You know, we you know we we usually target somewhere around two years because that that would cover the average and, and a little bit more. Um, but we certainly have that conversation with folks, and you know, we accommodate based on based on comfort level. Um, okay.
2: There you go. So, folks, let's get into some of the, the smaller stuff here. So the big picture is, what do you need to earn? Uh, Is it reasonable? Uh, Are you actually doing that long term? And do you have enough dry powder to weather the storms that ultimately come here? But anyway, so it's the end of the year. It's a great time to grab all your your investment statements and put them on the kitchen table and line them up, you know, whether it's a 401k at work or a 403b or a 457 or an IRA or a SEPA, any, any number of retirement plans. But, you know, just stick them out on the table along with any investments you might have that are not official retirement plans, okay, and basically l- look at those statements, uh, take one at a time, and uh, I guess the first question would be, so what's your, what, what's your investment strategy in your 401k? You know, uh, what, what, what is your asset allocation? Uh, we'll get to all this in a moment, folks. Uh, you know, uh, what, what, what are the risks that go along with the strategy that you have, okay, uh, is this all? Uh, whatever is in there, is it working? And, and are you progressing along that path to retirement? Um, a, a good chunk of folks listening to us now, if you if you ask yourself, what is your asset allocation in your retirement plan? I don't even know if they know to ask that question, Kirk.
1: I mean, what, do you, what do you think about that? Uh, uh, I would say at least fifty percent of folks wouldn't know what that meant, or, yeah, yeah, or how to yeah. how to answer that, and that's and yeah. that's okay. I mean, that's yeah. not that's not expected, but but I would say that's that's maybe the norm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so do, do, does your uh, does your investment strategy? You know what what is it? Okay, you should be able to in in a sentence to a, a friend at a cocktail party say, "Yeah, this is my investment strategy." Okay, and you should be able to understand it. And by the way, we, we would respectfully submit that your investment strategy should be a diversified portfolio of different kinds of stock and bond, mutual funds or exchange-traded funds put together in some sensible fashion uh that you stick with uh and over the long term rebalance we'll get to that and over the really long term as you get closer to retirement maybe you kind of lower the risk level a little bit in that strategy and oh yeah do you know how, how much your portfolio is going to bounce up or down the next time the market crashes? Uh, that's all you have to know, Kirk. When I mean, you sit down at the end of the year, right? I mean... uh,
1: Mike, should I should I have a Roth IRA? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um,
2: I think if you're very young and just getting started out in life, and not in a big high tax bracket, a Roth idea is a great a Roth IRA is a great idea. Um, I think later on in life, uh, the trade off uh, with a Roth IRA is that you're investing after tax dollars in a Roth IRA. The, the advantage of putting money in a traditional retirement plan is it's a hundred cent dollar and uh you get a deduction for that so i i I, roth iras are not as appropriate for as many people who maybe think they are in terms of what the the sound of it is but if you're in your 20s and 30s and just getting started out sure i think it's a great idea Uh, later on in life when your tax bracket goes higher it just gets a lot more expensive to fund a roth ira and by the way it makes sense to do a Roth IRA if you think your retirement, if you if you think your tax bracket in retirement is going to be the same or bigger than when you were working. That that doesn't apply for a lot of people listening
1: to us. I don't think you know. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I would say it definitely is situationally dependent. Um, I. I just, you know, I get the question a lot. That's why I just thought I'd throw, yeah. throw, it, throw it out there because that's yeah. Yeah. U- usually yeah. people interrupt when we're talking about investments to be like, "So I heard about a Roth, you know, yeah. uh, should I have one?"
2: Uh, it's tax-free. It is. Yeah. Well, it, you know, well, yeah, it is. That's correct. But so what?
1: Yeah. And I think I think um, to be honest, I mean, I think I think Alyssa and Justin and I are. I think maybe we use them a little bit more than than you do or did, and yeah. Um, so maybe it's just a little bit of a. You know, a philosophy, you know, difference. Um, but well, not, it's uh,
2: also a, my, my client base is, on average is a little older than yours, okay, uh, sort of a thing. So, uh, you know, their tax brackets are generally a little bit higher, sort of a thing, you know. But hey, understand. Yeah. There, there's, there's no right or wrong. It's just a question of whether it fits you. Anyway, let, let, Correct. Uh, I'm sorry. Any, any more on that? Nope. Uh, you, are you, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about asset allocation, folks. Okay. Uh, you, you, you need to have your money invested. Well, if you decide you're going to invest 100% of your money in stocks, you should be probably in your 20s and 30s and early 40s, okay, to do that. Uh, and that's a, a wild and exciting ride, okay, and there's a certain amount of risk that comes with that, but there's also a certain amount of reward that comes with it very long term. Uh, you know, most folks, when you get a little further along in life, these are these are my my uh, predictions here is that, you know, when you get to your mid-40s, maybe you should start thinking about adding some bonds in your portfolio, okay? I I, Honestly, I don't, you know, I I think people should own stocks till at least early 40s. And if they did for those 20 years, they'd probably own um, for a lot longer, having gone through that ride. But anyway, there's a, for everybody listening to us out there. There's a certain combination of stocks and bonds that makes some sense for folks, uh, and that combination depends on age and circumstances. Uh, and so, the the first diversification trick is most folks should have a stock and bond portfolio and yeah we can throw in a little real estate there and no we won't be throwing in any cryptocurrencies into that strategy we just do plain vanilla here and see how that works but so stocks and bonds in some combination and then different kinds of stocks and different kinds of bonds okay it's called a diversified portfolio folks if you have eight or 10 different investment kinds of stocks and bonds in your portfolio, there's a pretty good chance of not all going down at the same time. You know, The, the advantage of a diversified portfolio is uh, it doesn't go down as much when markets are, are down. And yet the disadvantage is it doesn't go up as much, but it makes sense to be very diversified. And we would tell you that we hope that you own lots of different kinds of mutual funds and uh, not many individual stocks, if any, at all. So so diversification is important. Uh, I think using vehicles of many stocks and many bonds, as in mutual funds or exchange-traded funds, I hope you have that, folks. And I hope that the strategy that you have is appropriate for you. And if you're not really sure about that, well, maybe maybe you ought to talk to somebody who's a little bit more knowledgeable about that. Uh, Kirk, a lot, lots of retirement plans have advisors that come with them. I'm not sure how much people take advantage of that advice. I, we don't have a, much of a handle on that ourselves, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I know some, yeah, some you know, and and also it might depend on, you know, how much you have and, you know, yeah. and there's a cor- you know, there might be a cor- correlation of between how much money you have and how much, how much uh, attention you get from those advisors, uh, perhaps, uh, I hope that's not the case, yeah. but it's, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think oftentimes, um, 401ks might have like a default, you know, investment product that they'll put yeah. you in if you, if you don't, if you yeah. don't override it. Yeah. Uh, and I think... Um, this is, you know, this is just a, 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 pretty good guess that, you know, that's typically like a, what they call like a target retirement date fund. Yep. Uh, so, you know, for example, let's say you're, you know, you're just starting off uh, a new job and you're, let's say, you know, 25 years old. Um, you know, and if you, if you get enrolled in a 401k and if you don't, go in and make any specific investment choices, they're probably just going to put you, put your money into a, uh, let's say, a you know, a 20 65, you know, retirement day fund or something like that, you know, where they're going to assume you're going to retire, you know, like around, you know, age 65, you know, plus or minus whatever, yeah. whatever year that puts you in. Um, yeah. but you know, that, that's not always the case. I mean, it's, it's possible. Maybe they just put you in cash and, and, and and maybe you're not invested at all. And so that's why why you need to look at it and, and really know what's going on because, you know, if, if something like that happens and, and, you know, time goes on, you know, a year or two or three, and, and if your money's not, you know, if it's not doing what you think it's doing, you know, you're, you're, you're losing ground there.
2: Yeah that that's a great point folks hopefully if you if you're not sure about what your investment strategy is or should be uh hopefully there are some pre-designed investment strategies available to your retirement plan more and more retirement plans are doing that Kirk now which i think is a great thing so th- those pre-designed strategies they they either come as like preset portfolios with certain combinations of stocks and bonds you know here's the and and, and folks there's usually a little risk questionnaire that you go through when your retirement plan say oh here's your pretty pie over here and there's usually five or six pies with some different slices and different combinations and Percentages of stocks and bonds, but they're pre designed portfolios, better than a stick in the eye and better than doing it yourself, as far as I'm concerned. And then the other kind of portfolios are age based, that Kirk referred to. So if you have either of those options, available in your retirement plan at work and you're not working with a financial advisor on your own, those are your best options by far. Okay, not perfect, but but a whole lot better than probably doing it yourself if you don't have an advisor to talk to them about that. So thanks for that point, Kirk, I almost forgot about that. So, you know, make sure you know what you got. Okay, but then, then the next thing is like, if you could look at your returns, when, when you know, we show people returns over different periods of time, and it's quite possible we could show a three-year return of, of uh, minus 1% and a five-year return of plus four or plus five. You know, so, and, and so you need to kind of put returns in perspective and not get nervous if they're really bad or get too excited if they're really good short term because they all level out over time. And, and the more different time periods you have a chance to look at – the more comfortable you get with what's kind of going on short term and either ignore it or not get too excited about it. But anyway, so so you know, don't don't judge their performance in too short of a period of time. You know, are you funding are you putting enough money in there? Is another big question. You know, if if you're if you have a plan in place and you know that your nest egg has to get to a certain point and and, and if You know, if you assumed a 6% return and actually it's doing that, well, then the question is, are you putting enough money in at that 6% to be okay? Well, you, you won't know that unless you have a written financial plan and do some things about it. But, you know, are you on track? Do you have to put more in there? Or could you actually slim down and put a little bit less and still be okay and take an extra vacation a year? So that, you know, how do you, you need to measure what's going on. Inside your financial life. Okay, uh, if you're not sure about any of this stuff, okay, you need to put as much money in your retirement plan as at least qualifies for the match. More and more. In, in, in fact, many many employees they'll give you some free money if you put certain amounts of money in a retirement plan. But what's the standard? If if you put in six percent, they'll match your three or something like that. Currently,
1: you know, I don't think there really is a standard uh, when yeah, it when okay. it comes to four hundred one ks. I mean, I I've seen things all over the place. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes there's no match. Uh, yeah. You know, I've seen I've seen matches like in the high single digits. You know, seven, eight, yeah. nine percent, which is which is high. Uh, yeah. But as far as like an, I mean you said standard, but I guess if, if you wanted like an average, I would say an average match is maybe like three or 4%, um, something, something like that. Um, and you know, tip typically, you know, the, the individual has to put in a certain amount of their own money in order, in order to, to get the match. And, and each plan is different, uh, as far as how much you have to put into, to get the match. And, and there are varying levels, you know, if, Um, you know, if you put in, you know, maybe, you know, 2%, you know, maybe you get, then they get one, but if you put in three, then they, then they give you two. So it's, you know, there are varying levels. And so, you you know, you really need to be aware of how your company does their, their math and their calculation. Um, You know, one of my, I guess, one of my, you know, little pet peeves is that, you know, some people think, well, I'm putting in enough to get whole match. And so therefore I'm good. And, and, and that just, that might not be the case. Um, you know, if, you know, if you put in, let's say, you know, 4% and, and they, and so they give you 4%. Okay. Well that's 8%, right. Total. If you, if you put them together, but that, that might not be enough, um, you know, to, to, to get, to put you on track for retirement. So just because the company only gives you a certain amount, doesn't necessarily mean it's enough. Um, and I just, I, I can't say that enough.
2: All right, Kirk, get a little emotional here. It's you know, give once in a while. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So moving along. So to kind of wrap up, and I think we're pretty much almost on time for the investment piece here. So so um, if you you you're better off if you can. Invest in one of the pre designed portfolios or pies, as I like to call them, that hopefully your account that your, your provider offers, or you're better off putting your money in an age based fund that matches up with your age and time frame than doing it on your own. If you are kind of doing it on your own and you have a certain asset allocation, a certain combination of different kinds of stocks and bonds and percentages, okay, hopefully you're rebalancing your portfolio. To keep it the same. Okay. Very, very quickly. If you don't know what rebalancing is, you definitely need to talk with a financial advisor or be in one of those pre designed plans where it automatically happens. But the short story is if your strategy is, I want to own 50% stocks and 50% bonds, if you do nothing with it, After some period of time, it's going to be 60% stocks and 40% bonds because stocks grow more. And after some other period of time, if you don't do anything with it, it's going to be 70% stocks. So if you don't keep your portfolio in the initial proportions you started out with, well, it's not the portfolio return and it's not the portfolio risk that you banked on it's getting braver uh, and, and so rebalancing just keeps your portfolio the same over time that's about as much time as we have to explain it in a show like this okay if you have those pre-designed pies or some of those age-based things they're doing that within the strategy probably you don't have to worry about that but if you have your own stuff then you should be rebalancing according to some way, shape, or form, and not much more we can get into in that uh, given the circumstances. And and then last but not least is that as you do get closer to the time that you retire, and and more specifically closer to the time you need to take income from your portfolio you probably have to drop the level of risk in your portfolio down some okay because when you start taking money from your portfolio you are more vulnerable to downturns in the market and by the way, if you have two or three years of emergency reserves, you're probably okay anyway, but who knows? So, so the bottom line is you do need to downshift the strategy over the long run as you get closer to the time that you take it, okay? Uh, and you also need to start thinking about a plan for taking income out of your portfolio at some point down the line. So, so those are the, well we, well, we took an hour to do that, but those, <laughs> those are the kinds of issues that you have to think about with regard to your investments. Okay, um, investing is a very important part of your financial plan, but by the way, probably not the most important part. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, if you had the best investment uh, co- combination in the world and you're only putting $10 a month away in your 401k, you're probably not going to be Okay. You know, if you had one of the worst investment strategies in the world, and you're putting $10,000 a month away, I'm being extreme. You're probably going to be fine. So, the investment return is a certainly a consideration, but how much you can save is, is another one. Uh, I think. Geez. I think we're just pretty close to the time on this, Kirk. You got any thoughts? I, I think we can skip into some other things now. But
1: any other yeah, thoughts I mean, or additions? I mean, yeah, we've only got about a minute left. So I mean I just yeah. I just had one quick comment on the on the yeah. re, on the rebalancing. Um, yeah. I mean I think to me if you're if you're doing this stuff on your own and if you've got a four hundred one K or something and you actually have a if you have a strategy that you picked out yourself and, and they're not rebalancing it for you, you know, my you know, my generic recommendation is you know, probably rebalance once, once, a year, uh, I personally I do it on my birthday. Happy birthday to me! That's what I do for fun. So there, there you go. All right, so we're going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to McNamara on Money. This is Kirk Reed and Mike McNamara. Uh, we'll be back in uh, just a minute or two.